Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Let's begin with mental intimacy, and we're just going to apply our acronym here. So mental intimacy, the ability to share thoughts on a deep level and to successfully find a point of agreement on essential issues. Now think about the importance of that related to marriage. The ability really to share any thought. Remember, intimacy means inner closeness, unhindered access. That I have access to your thoughts. There's nothing that you're keeping from me, and there's nothing toxic in our relationship that we can't share. Okay, mental intimacy. Number one, we're talking about intimacy necessitates value. I value your thoughts. Your thoughts are important to me. Well, I, I counseled a guy, you know, in, in I was doing a seminar someplace in this this guy came and talked to me, and he was just he was just as dumb as I was when I got married. You know, he reminded me of me. And um, he had the worst marriage, and he said, uh, and my wife's goofy. She's just goofy. And he says, every time she says something, I just tell her, you're goofy. And he said, they, so he's talking, you know, he, has, he had three boys, and in front of his boys, he said it. Then his boys started saying it to her. And every time she would say something, the boys would say, Mom, you're goofy. You're goofy. And then at the end, so he's sharing about his marriage and how goofy his wife was. And then he says, and we have terrible sex. Now, wh what do you think that she needs to do to make that right? And I said, uh, you're the problem. And he said, what? I said, let me just tell you something right now. I said, every time your wife shares something with you, I said, first of all, you have you and three boys in the house. Thank God that there's a woman in that house. <laughs> and I said, you desperately need her. And what she's saying to you is not goofy. It's right, and you need to listen to it. And I said, just because it's not the way you think doesn't mean it's wrong. You, we are two halves of a whole. Man has a man brain. Woman has a woman brain. Together, they make a God brain. But you can't have it if you don't respect each other. When you devalue and reject the thoughts of your spouse, intimacy is out the window. And I said, I want you to go home, and I want you to get in bed with your wife tonight, and I want you to apologize to her. He said, what? And I said, you are wrong. You should never again tell her she's goofy. Every time she talks, you should say, wow, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't understand it. I'm going to have to meditate on it a while, but it's, it's awesome. And you tell your boys that you've been wrong and never to say that to your wife again. Well, so the next day at the seminar, he came, big old smile on his face. He said, well, we were up till three in the morning. And I said, talking or having sex? He said, both. Because <laughs> he got in bed and said to her, I am so sorry. I had no idea what I was saying to you was doing what it was doing. But Jimmy Evans told me that I was wrong. I want you to know that I'm sorry, and never again will I call you goofy. She bawled her eyes out, and then they were intimate. They now counsel people in marriage. 
They are the most awesome. I am, I'm so proud of them. Because, you know, he just, he just took it on the chin. He just said, okay, I'm wrong. He went, he repented. They have helped so many people in their marriages. But think, think about your spouse is sharing something with you. Your eye contact, countenance. You know, somebody can be sharing something with you. You don't say anything wrong. It's like... And you just, or, or, you know, you're just not tuned in and, and you know, you're, you know that they're not listening to you. Well, if you don't value what I'm saying, we're not, we're not going to have a, a, a successful conversation. And what it means is because I know you don't value what I'm saying, I don't want to share anything with you. So my spouse won't share with me. What happens when they share? Okay. Here's, here's the second energy. I will work hard to listen and understand what you're saying. Kenneth Doyle, a financial psychologist, University of Minnesota, he discovered that we have different money languages. We see money differently. You, you can look at a dollar and see it completely differently, but it's all, it's all legitimate. Well, there is, an, there is a driver that means money is success. Drivers see money. To them, it means success. They buy houses and cars and all these things, and it just they feel successful, and that's just the way they see money. Analytics see money as security. They see a dollar bill and they think, I'm going to stack them up and that's going to make me feel better about life. Okay? They're amiables and to amiable, money is love. It just means we have the ability to you know, have a good life and go eat pizza together. You know, so money is love. There are expressives and to an expressive, money is acceptance. I can buy the right clothes. I can join the right clubs. I can get into the right social groups because to them money means relationships. So there's drivers, there's analytics, there's amiables, and there's expressives. Karen is an analytic, and I'm an amiable, okay? So we couldn't talk about money when we first got married. I mean, this was a toxic issue in our relationship that we could not talk about because Karen wanted to save everything, and I wanted to spend it. It was just a tug of war in our relationship, and she called me a, a spendthrift, and I called her a tightwad. And we, we just couldn't talk about it. I mean, it made me so mad when she called me a spendthrift. And, and I told Karen, I said, you know, you're the type of person you're going to die one day with all the money in the mattress and no one will like you. And she said, well, at least I'll have a mattress. I mean, you. So now here's what we know today. We make great decisions together. We make great decisions. Be, because when we're talking about money, I know, I'm working to understand the way her mind thinks and Karen conserves. That's just the way that she thinks. The way I think is, I want to conserve also. I like paying cash. I like saving money. I think that's the smart thing to do. But I also like to enjoy our lives. Okay. So here's the point. If you're, you are probably different in your money languages. You're better if you're different. Because if you're the same, you have the same weakness. See, if you're both amiables, you probably have a lot of fun, but you don't have much money. If you're analytics, you have a lot of money, you just don't have much fun. <laughs> you know, so if, if you're different, if you're different than one another, it just means you have a balance to one another, like Karen and me. We make great financial decisions together. And because we respect that and we work hard to understand each other, it makes a big difference. Another thing is this, all your major needs are different. All the major needs, men need honor, sex, friendship with their wives, and domestic support. Women need security, soft non-sexual affection, uh, open and honest communication, and leadership from their husbands. We're, we're completely different. So understand, when your spouse is talking to you, if you don't work, if you don't apply yourself, first of all, I value what you're saying. 
What you're saying is important, and I value you. I know you're very different than me, but I'm not going to roll my eyes. I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to do anything like that. I value what you say, and I'm going to work hard to listen and to understand it. And if I don't understand it, we're going to talk until I do understand it, but I'm going to work. Number three is sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice my need to be right and to be judgmental. When your spouse is sharing with you, you need to understand it's the old saying, you can either be right or be happy. For some people, they just always have to be right. And they're very judgmental. They, they you know, very quick with their mouth. This is me. He is very quick. Very, I've never been at a loss for words, and it's not a good thing. I'm just telling you right now. I wish I'd have been at a loss for words many times. But, but I'm, I know what I'm going to say, and what I have to do is restrain that. And sometimes just walk away when it's no big deal and just say, you know, I'm going to be wrong and be happy. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to judge what they say. You don't have to be right. Sometimes you compromise. Sometimes you just go on with your life knowing that maybe, you know, you're right, they're wrong, and, but you're not going to say anything. Number four, trust. I'm going to create a consistent, caring atmosphere in my life where you are free to share any thought. Now listen, I'm your safe place. When something really fantastic happens in your life or something really terrible happens in your life, you're always going to tell the safest person first. Right? How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you're going through something really good or really bad, you're going to talk to the safest person. In our marriage, I was not the safest person. Karen never shared anything with me for the first several years of our marriage because I was an idiot and didn't care, wasn't tuned in, very judgmental, had to be right. And finally, you know, after years of, you know, our marriage being bad and then I changed and I, I, I repented and hung up my golf clubs and began to take care of Karen and to meet her needs and, and to say I was wrong. And the issue about being naked is it means purity. You can only have intimacy in an atmosphere of purity where you take responsibility for your mistakes and your spouse feels safe. So years later when I had changed, Karen started sharing things with me and I said one time to her, how, how long have you been thinking that? She said, well, for years. And I said, why didn't you tell me before? She said, Jimmy, I didn't trust you. Okay, five, here's, here are the five main reasons couples fight. Okay, when it comes down to the reasons that we fight, here they are. Number one is work stress. That's interesting. Number one reason for fighting is I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I've been working. Both of us have been working. Okay, number two, money. Number three is children. It's the third reason that couples fight. Number four is sex. 
sexual tension, sexual frustration. Number five is housework. Okay, just the house isn't taken care of. You're not doing your job with the house. Work, stress, money, children, sex, and housework. But here's the real reason that we fight. You don't care. You don't care about the kids. You don't care about the fact that I'm one taking the kids all taking care of the kids all day long. You, you don't care about the fact that the house looks bad and, and that you're not doing anything to help me out here. You don't care about how hard I'm working and about the sacrifices that I'm making and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just you don't care. Um, Karen, you know, the, a lot of our biggest fights always happened in the car uh, driving. And uh, it, they happened because Karen would say, well, Karen, you know, I scared her to death. I mean, I, the way I drove. But I'm the greatest driver in the world. You know, my, all my relatives, you know, race called car drivers in my mind, you know, my dreams. But um, so I'd be driving and Karen, you know, and Karen's very animated. You know, she's not a quiet passenger. And she's a backseat driver, A, and B, grabbing the dash, gra screaming, putting her, putting her feet up on the dash, all that kind of stuff. And, and so it just would great, I'd get in a car and it would just grate on me. You know, she'd be over there griping. And so um, one day I thought to myself, you know, I don't care how she feels. Now, when we, we started dating, I did. When we started dating, I picked her up in my car and I was so careful how I drove. I remember thinking, I don't want to upset her. I want her to like me. I want her to fall in love with me. So I'm going to be super careful how I drive. And I was. I was. That went out the window. And she would sit over there and she would complain the entire time I was driving. I didn't care. And the day came when I slowed down. And, and Karen is the type of a person that she'll, you know, this is men. I know some of the men will understand this. Uh, one stoplight, she'll say, uh, you could have made that. The next stoplight, she'll say, you're trying to kill us? You ran through that stoplight. So what I've learned is there is no right answer. Okay, so some of the men are, are getting some healing out of this. But, but what I've learned is this. Life is better when I care. I care that I'm scaring you. I care that I'm upsetting you. If, if I see that this is upsetting you, I care about your feelings. See, we always care about each other's feelings when we first date and start relating, don't we? I mean, we always do. You all, you're, you're extremely empathetic when you first meet a person. And empathy means to put yourself in another person's shoes. See, here's, here's, a, here's a great thought. I wonder what it's like to be married to me. L listen to this one. I wonder what it's like to be on the other side of my mouth. You ever thought about that one? Kind of a scary thought sometimes. But on the other side of my mouth is a person's heart is a person's feelings. You fall in love for two reasons. Number one, you admire something in another person. And number two, you like the way they make you feel about yourself. You don't fall in love with the person that makes you feel bad about yourself. You fall in love with a person because they do something positive to your emotions. I care about how you feel. Number two, I'm going to work hard to be sensitive to you and to meet your emotional needs. Well, I just mentioned the four major needs of a man, four major needs of a woman. Okay, let me talk about the first. Honor is the mega need of men. It's the mega need. It's the need above all needs. Security is the mega need of women. 
when you're meeting our primary need, a man, when a man feels honored and a woman feels secure, it is you're half the way there of meeting their emotional needs. When a man feels disrespected and a woman feels insecure, it is devastating to their emotional state. It puts them literally into a state of hostility. When a woman feels insecure, she's having to take care of herself. She's afraid, not, not because she's not a woman of God, but it just she's vigilant. She's having to take care of the issues that she shouldn't have to be taken care of. Nothing makes a woman feel as insecure as a selfless, detached man. Nothing makes a woman feel more secure than a selfless, sacrificial man. We hear through our deepest needs. Literally, we hear. So everything a man says to a woman has to be encrypted with the language of security. When you're speaking to a woman, regardless of what the conversation's about, here's what she wants to hear. I'm yours first, and to my hurt, I'll take care of you. Work is second, everything else is second, you're first. And I'll take care of you before I'll take care of me. And you won't have to say it twice. You won't have to nag. You won't have to beg. It says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself. And in that spirit, I will take care of you. She's, she's in heaven. That's what a woman wants to hear. And in every conversation, you have to know that she's not just hearing your words. She's hearing your attitude. Do you care? about me. Do you understand how important security is? Same is true of a man. When a woman is speaking to a man, regardless of what the conversation is, if you're going to meet his emotional needs and be his best friend, he's got to hear in your voice, I believe in you. You're a good man. You've got what it takes. He's in heaven. That's, that's the mega need of men emotionally. Number three, I will sacrifice. This is sacrifice. I'll sacrifice the need for you to feel the way I do for your needs to be valid or for me to meet your needs. See, Karen and I just have different, different emotions most of the time. When you're meeting your spouse's needs in marriage, rarely will you have that need at that time. Rarely. When Karen has a need that I'm meeting, I don't have that need. So what the worst marriages in the world are, you have to feel the way I feel before your feelings are valid. And you have to feel the way I feel before I'll respond to that need. But in a good marriage, what it means is I may not feel the way you feel right now. But because you feel the way you do, I'm going to come out of my world into your world and I'm going to take care of your need. I'm going to sacrifice my typical uh, inclination to be selfish and detached. And it's the way men and women both are emotionally if we're not careful. The lastly, trust. I will build an atmosphere where you're safe to share any feeling and to know it's valued and supported. And here's, here's the main thing. My feelings may not be right, but they're real. I'm going to say half of my feelings aren't right. You know what I'm saying? I may be feeling jealous. I may be feeling insecure. I may be feeling angry. I may be feeling down. And, you know, they might not, might not be right. But I need to share. And, and when, when I'm sharing my feelings, I don't want to be judged for it. Sometimes I just need somebody to listen to me and say, yeah, I understand that. That's my safe place. It's where I can share any feeling and understand I'm safe to share that feeling. And I won't be judged and I won't be scolded and I won't be shamed because of it. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today and I wanna thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. 
We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.